Let's go. Well, the time has come. I thought I'd be able to record this after closing weekend, but I was not able to make it. I know, I know, but hopefully I'll move down soon enough and I'll break Ava and Lexi's records for most days at HHN. Speaking of Ava and Lexi, I would just like to say that besides amazing houses and actors making the event magical, the friends I've made have truly been my favorite things about HHN, and I've made a ton, and I love you all. Now my plan for this episode and the future ones for Hollow Scream and Fright Fest in Illinois are all the same. I would like to go really in-depth about houses, but I've also realized that I'm a long-winded person, and I'll go so into detail that the episode would take three hours, so I'm just going to do a quick rundown on houses and my favorite parts. Talk about scare zones and some unforgettable moments and characters, and then talk about the shows. I'll sprinkle in my experience with my girlfriend and our friends who came on the trip with us. Hellblock Horror. A misunderstood last-minute replacement. A smart, quick fix once Evil Dead dropped out. You enter Block 31, a superior threat containment compound, and face off against fan favorites and classic monsters, but not the universal classic monsters. Aliens. Zombies and vampires run the block. You also see my big boy, the Mouth Brooder from Deaths of Fear, HHN 29, an alien scientist from Invasion, HHN 27, the Yeti from Slaughter Cinema, HHN 28, a Tooth Fairy from 30, and vampires from Hive, HHN 27. It is a basic prison walkthrough, but if you keep your eyes open and see all of those beloved costumes you thought you'd never see again, it makes you want to be braver the next time you're in there to see if there's something you missed. And of course, the finale with the lights is fun and disorienting. My favorite part will always be seeing the mouth brooder, but the yeti in the cage has a presence that can't be denied. The change in elevation makes every scare feel bigger, and that's always a great way to change things up. Spirits of the Coven A roaring 20s party that leaves you drained. I had the biggest hopes for this house because witches and the time period. As I was there for two weeks, I got to see the house evolve with every run. I don't need every house to have a straight storyline, but this house always confused me with its three settings, and it is beautiful, but I think having the setup of beautiful witches draining humans for the brewery isn't finished, and you feel more like a visitor than a fly in their web. I'll miss you pretty witches and old witches alike. The minecart scare also was perfect when it hit. Give us more movement in houses, please. It's so good. Halloween, a classic tale of a babysitter and the man of her nightmares. We truly get the full story from the to the coat hanger. This house felt so much bigger and all-encompassing than I was expecting, and maybe at the time I didn't appreciate it because the wait was always 90 minutes. But wow, we had the asylum escape, an amazing mirror scare, Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. A nice tour of the house by Michael, and I feel like we were so lucky to get the original story this year and the original last year when we had Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If the rumors of the Evil Dead house that was canceled this year being the new movie were true, kind of shows that they could have had an original Evil Dead house that wouldn't be canceled because the new movie was delayed. Since these are my first years coming to HHN, getting these IPs are perfect. Sorry if you've been going 20 years and I've seen Halloween a hundred times, but hearing Hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there was my highlight of this house. I love you, Dr. Loomis. 
Fiesta de Chupacabras, a party that I'd be invited to and a party that I'd bring y'all as my guests to. They recreated some streets I'm sure I've walked through in Mexico, and it was so beautiful that I know they really took their time and research for this house. I can't thank Universal enough for showing that the people aren't poor, they're resourceful, and their pueblos are full of history and love. Okay, now the fact that they're all sacrificing tourists to save their village is besides the fact. This house was one of my favorites because of how much like home it felt. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, but you know. Walking through the villages and seeing villagers kill tourists for their blood. There were five chupacabras with names, but I've seen different names in different places, so you can look up for yourself. There was also talk of a plant in the house that would join the line and then get carried away, but in all of my runs, I didn't see that happen. If you have time to watch a video, check out this house because this one and the next one really felt lived in. Rosalia, the mask maker, I love you and I'm ready to take over and continue the tradition. Dead Man's Pier, Winter's Wake. House of the Year, some would say. Something that felt more like an art installation than a haunted house, but that's not disregarding the fact that one of my biggest scares of the event came here. Obviously, the more you can do the houses and experience scares from different positions, the better the experience of the event is. The first time I went through, I didn't see that a little window was a boo hole. But the second time, I really looked at what was in the window and someone popped up and made me jump up in fear. The perfect scare in a perfect house. I saw videos of Dead Man's Wharf and was so sad I never experienced it, but being able to see this house was a perfect representation. It had depth, height, points of reference that made you feel like you were going through a small seaside village from one end of the pier to the other. The more houses we get like this every year, the happier I'll be. Also water and weather effects. I can't even say anything about this house that could live up to watching a walkthrough on YouTube. When you go to Universal, you expect this kind of set design and they really go above and beyond. That's why there is nothing like HHN. Horrors of Blumhouse My biggest fear about movie houses is a great movie being chopped up into a collection of moments that don't tell a story. When it's two or more, the fear is even greater, but Universal Creative was able to kill it this year with two movies and two buildings connected by the strangest little hallway. You didn't just get a series of vignettes like other houses that I undoubtedly still love like Scary last year. This led through two really amazing movies and kept the terror and suspense along with the comedy. I have nothing bad to say about this house, only amazing experiences. The Grabber was one of the scariest villains this year and he managed to scare me more than any other concept. I really appreciate this house and hope when they do houses like this again that they choose the best movies they have and they remember to tell the story along with showing us the scariest parts. Bugs Eaten Alive Let's forget the fact that I did this house six times with Lexi and that Emma is one of my closest friends and she was the icon of the house. The nuclear era aesthetic mixed with sci-fi big bug horror made this one of my most anticipated houses and it delivered in every single way. The sign in front of the house will be something I have in front of my house when I finally buy one. The opening scene will be my living room. You know what, at the end of the day, Exterminator did nothing wrong and I'd put that in my home in a second. Watching movies like Tarantula and other cheesy horror movies like Arachnophobia and Eight-Legged Freaks really set you up for the terror, no doubt, but the beauty of a scientist with a face full of holes and a pristine living room on the show floor covered in webs and broken mannequins is something you'd only find here at Pavilion 31. It was my home for two weeks and my comfort place. I'm scared of bugs and I'll run away from all of them, but I'll run into your arms, Jumbo Grub. I miss you. Descendants of Destruction is a house you'd have to see to believe, and from what I heard about Seeds blah, blah 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 blah. And from what I've heard about Seeds of Extinction, 
is in a series of houses that deliver an experience that is just special. This is a tent house that made me feel like I was in the subway, and I'm still so surprised they pulled off everything they went for. From a never-ending train to the grime and claustrophobia of a subway car in the apocalypse, scares from above and below, a distinct smell that changes every time in that tent, from pee to death to baby powder and popcorn, to this year's rotting meat and slight pine. They can go on and on with a series of post-apocalyptic houses, and I know they'd be as inspired as this one. I loved it. The Weekend After Hours Nightmare was something that grew on me the more I saw him hype it up. A giant fan of horror who incorporates it into the average experience of clubs and plastic surgery while delivering a completely different experience through the music. You would never expect those music videos if you just listened to the music, but you watch them together and understand the way he thinks. I don't know. It's tied with my favorite house and I wish I could say more, but I'll save those thoughts for when I can bring someone on to specifically talk about this house. It doesn't disappoint. As someone who bought Dawn FM on vinyl to experience my first weekend album, I would love to see this come as a soundtrack to a show, a scare zone, or another house. It was a truly special house and made me appreciate music houses in a way that I never thought I would, and I can't wait to see what they do next year. Or this year now. Oh my goodness, this episode is so late. Universal Monsters Legends Collide Also tied for my favorite house of the year, what more can you expect from a giant Universal Monsters band who spends every wish on Creature House or Bride sequel for HHN 32? This isn't the mummy I've grown up watching, but he is terrifying and the Egyptian sets go beyond expectations in every way. The tomb and its inhabitants look amazing and terrified me before I even knew what was real or fake. The Wolfman design was so modern but existed alongside the other monsters perfectly. And Dracula was kind of just chilling until we inevitably got him holding the wolfman's head almost every time. I love the mirror scares and everything about the house, but as a Drac fan, I would have loved to see him more with the mummy instead of just seeing him at the end with Wolfman. I also would have loved to see any hint of Dracula trying to win the circle thingy back to try to bring back his wives that were killed in HHN 30. Please, Universal. A sequel house to Bride or a creature house next year. Or this year. Ugh. I really... Should have just changed the script, but, you know, I'm already late. Um, wait, I might just cut it off here and release a second episode with Scare Zones and Shows because I'm already over a month late. My goal this year is for two episodes a month. It's on my goal list, and once it's on that, I can't just miss a month like I did last year. Also, I just saw I reached 400 listens on seven episodes, and I want to thank you all for sticking around with my horrible schedule and all of my silliness. My plans for the podcast are release every 13th and 31st or whatever the last day of the month is because not every month is cool enough to have the spooky numbers. But I guess I can just reveal that the 13th episodes are going to be horror nights or horror movie related and the 31st or whatever the last day of the month is is gonna be about Treehouse of Horror because that is like my main personality trait besides theme parks and horror movies and I feel like it would fit in and I've always wanted to talk about them and it gives me a chance to rewatch them three times a year instead of two times a year so yeah hopefully that is something that's interesting to y'all I'm gonna try to have my friends on but I honestly don't know that many people who are super into Simpsons because you know I'm young so yeah, I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for sticking around. And like always, 
If you want to check out some other cool Horror Nights podcasts, there's See You At, a pop culture podcast with CC. There's Ghostly Swoosh by Katie. And there's The Witching Half Hour with Rose and Emma. So yeah, check those out. And I mean... Uh, uh.